All right, back, back for the show. Uh, quick Friday transfer update. Seems to be a new tradition on the Unsuckable podcast. I'm your host, Manuel Fieden, and yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, uh, an exciting one, and I am very excited to, first of all, give a major L to Filippo Silva because he, uh, he predicted Canada would only get two points in this window, and we already had three. So, Filippo, L. Yeah, I'll get... So, I lost... I lost the battle there. I haven't lost the war yet. That's what I'll tell you to all the rude Canadians. And remember, I tweeted this out and I'm going to stick to my word on it. Twice the pride, twice the fall. You guys will lose on Sunday or maybe it'll just be 0-0. But regardless, I'm still going to win the, the war at the end. This happened with L3 during 2021. They kept winning these little battles and arguments with me. But when push came to shove, I came up top with the United States. Yeah, we'll see. If the United States play like they did yesterday, then they're probably going to get smashed because... Burhalter uh, ball all the way, Manuel. Burhalter ball. Division, third division football. And, you know, Filippo, this is not really a big topic today, although we're going to talk about this, but what US don't have, and it's so important in CONCACAF where teams sit so deep, they do not have a world-class forward. Uh, or creator right now. Yeah, right? no, it's like, it's bare. Um. Yeah, it, I guess it's what happens when your best player isn't really that good. But anyways, uh, whoa, let's move, whoa, 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 let's move okay. on to the next and the next. Uh, you can't just say that and move on with it. <laughs> well, I think okay, look, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, let's move transfer. on to transfers. I'll leave it on yeah, there. We're, we're going to talk about transfers. Um, and to help us talk about transfers is Adrian Sosa. Adrian, how's it going? It's going good. It's going great, actually, after last night. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have much to say as far as the neutral goes. I'm just happy about last night. I won't get too ahead of myself because I'm a bit superstitious. So I won't talk about Sunday too much, but I'm looking forward to that as well. Let's just say that. Mm, I think that whatever happens on Sunday, we've already won because of yeah. Filippo's way off prediction. That is just I, BS because if you guys lose on Sunday, you're not gonna hear, you're not gonna hear the end no, of it if you lose on matter. Sunday. Doesn't every matter. every Canadian account on Twitter will freaking have to block me if the US win, and I'm probably gonna have to take Twitter off if we lose, probably for a week at least. Yeah, yeah, you will probably it, you can only lose at this stage. There's yeah. no more winning for you, Filippo L. I feel like um, I feel like we can't lose at this point either. No. I mean, I mean, like even if we lose the game, I'm saying I feel like we still are just. Like, these are uncharted territories for us. The vibes are just great right now. I feel like we can't lose at this point. Whatever yeah, happens. Yeah, and the thing is, like, if Filippo had said three points for Canada in this window, he would have gotten away with it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that was, he was trying to speak that into existence, I think, and uh, unfortunately it failed. Yeah, I mean, I learned that from Canadians of speaking that's of right. Stackville to Porto into existence. <laughs> that's right. That's not how 90% of all transfers work. Um, but let's bring in our final... <laughs> <laughs> for spring and josh josh how did you enjoy last night and how are you feeling about sunday uh, i feel pretty good i mean i was pumped last night that we got the three points to pretty much put a foot into qatar 2022 went to twitter directly after to find Filippo's tweet and just do a quick little quick little quote tweet but yeah i mean the funny thing is about sunday i've said it like 25 times i really do think that it's going to be a draw i think both would be happy with that both gives them that little bit extra mm. but i mean after the one one draw in uh in nashville they were like all the u.s fans were saying yeah well look at our midfield look at our midfields like not, not my fault greg's your manager but if they want to really look at it if you stack you and davies don't play and the u.s do win it does put us in a in a win-win situation because i don't want to do excuses but if they're gonna 
cry to the fact that Acosta and Legette started when they are somewhat starters for Greg, then yeah, we can say to the the, the best we didn't have the best player in Concacaf playing for us as well as uh, one of the best uh, midfielders. So, you know, what we, if you we have what that. if you lose? What if you lose with like Roldan and Zardes? That, then that's embarrassing. If Roldan then, and Zardes are scoring, that's embarrassing. If we lose two nothing and Roldan and, and Zardes, you know what? I'll put my hands up and be like, you know what? Yeah, okay. that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. That's fair. Then that's then that's where that's where the lose situation comes into play. But all in all, I, I'm smiles, man. It, it's it's incredible. This Canadian story we've won four in a row now, five four and one record. Haven't lost in Concacaf. World Cup qualifying, it's it's a good time to be a Canadian football fan. Going into this game, the best attack and the best defense, and um, the the I, I am the, you know like the, the one thing, and this is like something that I'm always worried about is like Hurtman. He he set this game team up brilliantly for this game, but he sometimes overcoaches a bit, and I just hope he doesn't do that against the US. Just keep it simple, same as as this game, you know. Uh, rely on a good defense, hit them with your fast players, and um, just make sure that your world-class striker Jonathan David up front gets the job done. Um, and we're going to talk about Jonathan David today because it's an interesting topic, I think, um, and that was put towards me uh, following this game, considering the goal that he scored, which was absolutely world-class. Like You will not see a better finish um, in this window um, than this one. But uh, before we do this, uh, I'm going to go to you, Adrian. Because you seem to know, this is this is your category straight up. Louis, Louis Diaz to uh, Liverpool. That seems to be itching closer and closer and closer. Yeah, absolutely. There's two tier one sources, uh, both a Portuguese one and an English one, um, that basically said that this is... All Joyce, right? And like, All Joyce. Super reliable. Super very reliable. reliable, very reliable. And then uh, Sepulveda, who you guys will remember, I spoke of when he was breaking the Eustachio transfer. So two very trusted sources, one for Liverpool, one for Porto. So it just makes sense that if they're saying the same things, it's probably at least very, very close. Now, who are they getting? Luis Diaz of FC Porto. He's done incredibly well this season. Porto's best player, probably actually the best player in Portugal at the moment. And um, it feels like it's sort of a now or never situation for Liverpool because his value is only going to go up from here on out. They apparently took a pass at him this summer and then they decided to wait. And then I guess with the attention that Tottenham brought to him, I don't know if that's Porto trying to force a transfer or what, but um, I felt like Liverpool sort of said it's now or never because he's going to be way more expensive in the summer or we'll lose him to Tottenham. Um, and I know that Filippo uh, is familiar with him as well, but uh, he's a right-footed left winger, so an inverted winger. He likes to hug the touchline, cut inside. Very good in the finish. He has 14 goals and five assists in 18 appearances. So nothing short of fantastic for a winner. But Filippo, uh, uh, what do you think of this one? Yeah, um, I, the first time I, I knew Luis Diaz, but the first time I truly noticed him was actually in the last Copa America. Um, he was lighting up that, that left flank right there. Lots of flair, very technical player. Honestly, a great addition to Liverpool. I think he's going to have an immediate impact in the Premier League from what I've seen. Also, I believe Diaz is nearing his prime. I don't think he's very young. He's probably like 25 at least by now. Um, I know Adrian, you know his age, so you might want to update everyone. Yeah, yeah, he's 25. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. He has that that technical ability and the pace and the finish that is just a perfect fit for a Klopp team. And Liverpool's kind of getting a good re- sort of uh, reputation of pulling off these signings out of nowhere. Like uh, you'll remember a few years ago, Fabinho, that came out of nowhere. And then Jota last season. And now this Luis Diaz one, not really out of nowhere, but it was a surprise to see it happen in this moment. 
I wouldn't get too comfortable if I was Mane. Uh, that, this guy can definitely challenge him for his position, especially Mane aging a little bit more, even though he's still a superb player and highly effective. But yeah, great signing for Liverpool. And, and like you said, they're able to pull up these these players out of nowhere at times. They've done this with under Klopp especially, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it now just sort of begs the question of, I feel like someone's got to go at this point because they have a lot of players that seemingly play the same position or maybe just added depth and Minamino is going to have to get used to more time on the bench or something like that. Yeah, it's a tremendous signing when it happens, if it happens. Um, but it sounds like it's pretty much done. It's one of the big ones, I think, um, this window. I, I, you know, my suspicion about the winter transfer when it was that it was going to be pretty slow. Um, it's heating up a little bit now as we're inching towards deadline day. Um, Filippo, to answer your question earlier today about on Twitter, no, I do not sleep much during this time of the year. I'm pretty much up all the time. Um, that's just part of the job, I guess. But yeah, let's move on to the next one. And I'm, I really love this one. Um, Gosens, the German wing back, um, heading to Inter Milan. And the reason why I love this deal for Robin Gosens is because he's such a late bloomer. Um, a guy who, and Josh, you're going to love this. He almost signed for Schalke in the year that they got relegated. And the deal fell through last minute and ended up instead staying at Atalanta, playing Champions League, going to the European Championships, where he was a revelation. He was one of the bright spots in that Germany team, right? And yeah, he's, he, yeah just a really good player. Yeah, he, he was. And, and the thing I really like about these kind of deals, and there's two specific situations and positions where I look at a move and whether I think it's a, a really good one. And and it's when I focus on wingbacks and when I focus on strikers who like to play in, in a two-striker front line. And we've seen fullbacks getting put into a more traditional four-back system, 4-2-3-1, 4 In my opinion, Gozins thrives in a 3-5-2, 3-4-3 kind of system. And that's exactly what he developed under at Atalanta. So the fact mm-hmm. that he's moving to Inter and Inter's left wing back right now is Evan Perisic, who they put out there because they just, they needed to. They've had a couple other options there, but he's primarily been been playing there. He's more of attacking, more of an attacking threat. He just kind of s- stood up and said, you know what? I want to play in this Inter squad. This is the way I'm going to do it. This move makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. It's the same way that when Hakimi went to Inter, he thrived because he was a wingback. That's how he plays. The system, I think, is going to be fantastic for Gozins. I think he's going to really be able to take his game to another level, and I think he's going to be a perfect fit in that Inter side. Yeah, I think so too. And um, so dynamic. The the goals that he scored against uh, Portugal. Sorry to bring that up, Adrian. Um, a little bit of heartbreak for you in that, in that game. Um, they were just... Yeah, so very good. And um, there's a little bit of history here between uh, Inter Milan and signing um, German, well, fullbacks, I guess, on the left wingers or fullbacks. Um, and the last big one was Andreas Bremer, who, of course, scored the World Cup winning goal for Germany in 1990. Um, Lothar Matthäus played there as well. Uh, another big name, right? Um, there's a strong, strong tradition there, in, I guess, in Jewish Germans and um Milan as well, Inter Milan. And what I also really like about this deal is the is the fact that it's just 
he's a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of how he developed and um, kind of had a late career. I mean, he's 27 now, right? And um, never played for an academy club and kind of fell through the roster a little bit. And um, now he's now he's at a really big club, maybe winning the Serie A this year and or likely winning the Serie A this year and playing Champions League football and um, is a candidate for the World Cup team uh, to Qatar for Germany and a Germany team that is very much resurrected under Flick and could win the World Cup. Um, so a lot of good things happening for him there. And it reminds me a little bit of Oliver Bierhoff too, who was a late bloomer in Italy too. Um, you know, same kind of career path. So really happy for him. But um, guys, he could have ended up in Newcastle. And Josh, like, it seems like he has this ability to dodge these bullets, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Newcastle, it's an interesting situation because obviously they put in a ton of money in into Newcastle. But you just don't know. We don't know if all these players that they potentially are going to bring in or have brought in over the window are going to jive together. And there's a real threat at relegation. I mean, they were so desperate that they signed, as we've covered on the channel, uh, they, they signed uh, Chris Wood. So, yeah, I think it's, I mean, you, you nailed it. He dodged a bullet and that's just as simple as it is. Let's stay in Italy here, guys. Um, Flahovic. I think everyone in Europe wanted him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, scores a ton of goals and I just see that deal is now finally through. 75 million euros, um, supposedly. Who wants to jump in here? Anyone has anything to say on this? Josh? I'll, I'll jump in, only just because you, you guys were talking about history in the, in the last one. And I think there's there's a history there that I... And maybe Adrian could speak to it a little bit more. I know he, he follows Syria. Um, but there's a history between Juve taking uh, Fiorentina players. Baggio was, was the first. There's... I just heard on another podcast I listened to that that apparently that transfer had uh, some controversy behind it. And then as recent as Federico Chiesa, who's over there, and now Vovic going in. I mean, that that's just a, a fun side on, on the back end. But I think the deal is is fantastic for probably both, considering that Vlaovic's deal was coming to an end. Fiorentina are going to get a ton of money. It looks like they're bringing in Arthur from uh, Basel, who's having a really good season. They already br- brought in Piontek. And this is a striker that I think is going to thrive at Juve. I think it's exactly what they need. He's just been so much fun to watch in Serie A and a really entertaining Fiorentina side. So I think it's a pretty cool deal. I'm very curious to see. I mean, I can't speak to this, but how did Juve pull this off? But I mean, they did, and I think it's a huge signing for them. Yeah, Adrian, do you want to jump in on this one? Yeah, I mean... Vlahovic was obviously there was going to be a big dogfight for him because he's a, I mean, he started slowly in his first sort of breakout season, but in the latter half of it, I believe it was last season, he just absolutely torched the league. And to start this one off, he's been incredible once again. And he's the kind of profile of striker that people want. You know, he's a really big but skilled player. You can just hoof the ball at him and he'll hold it up and integrate his teammates all around him. So I think it's going to be a fantastic sign for Juventus and it's absolutely something that they needed because they've been lacking that. It feel like it's hard to think of the last sort of iconic Juventus striker, but I guess people would argue that Ronaldo did a pretty damn good job while he was there. But, you know, it feels like Moise Keane is, he's good, but he's still very raw and he, it feels like he's threatening to be a great talent, but he's not quite ready yet. Uh, Murata, I just, as 
for all the good that he does, it feels like it's a one step forward, two steps back kind of situation with him, uh, which is unfortunate because he's he's just missing that finish. And Vlahovic absolutely has that and more. And it's a, he adds something different for them. So I think that he's going to be a very good signing for them. And I'm interested to see how things will pan out for Juventus's season if he can get up and running soon here because it's goals that they're missing. And if they can add that to their game, you know, already they're starting to get some good results and move up the table. So it's, I don't think they'll win the season at all, really. That's Inter's. But just to see if they can really crack into that top four, maybe get second place or something like that. Yeah, I find this the signing fascinating. And I feel like it's a very typical kind of Juventus signing too. I know there is um, some history between them and, and Fiorentina, right? Um, obviously, the Baggio deal. Um, that really, I guess that really dates me that I remember that and <laughs> the budget deal. But um, the fact that they are able to take one of the best strikers in the league and just keep them in the league. And um, there's almost something Bayern Munich about Juventus at times, right? Um, I know they're going through a little bit of a restructuring process, but the fact that they're just like able to pull these deals off, it's a little, a little bit similar to the uh, Higuain situation, um, I don't know if you remember that one, Filippo, but that was a similar kind of thing where they basically plucked out the best forward from in the league and moved him in, right? And didn't quite work out super well, but still, it feels like the deal is, has a similar feel to it. Yeah, they pulled the Bayern. I'm joking. I'm joking. I had to throw that. But uh, yeah, they still won the Serie A with Higuain. How many times? Uh, I believe, well, every time, right? That that he was there every single season that he was there, they took him out of Napoli. It could be, but at the same time, Manu, if you think about it, they kind of needed a quality center forward. Won't you agree with that? And maybe they found him. It might be him. He's also proven in the league. I don't think Morata cuts it, right? I, th- I think it's a great signing for Juventus. They're definitely not where they were a couple seasons ago, ever since they signed Ronaldo pretty much. But I think it's a good signing. So I yeah. have to say about it. I think so too. Knows the league already too. That's, I think, always a, a big one. You don't need to integrate someone from abroad, right? And that's why it makes... And you're right, Filippo. That it's a typical Bayern signing because Bayern do the same thing. They rather take someone from their own league who already knows the environment and they know they can score lots of goals in that league. And it's, that, a, it's a smart move yeah. right? because you. It's 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 very tough to think that he will be a flop at Juventus, right? Mm. He'll probably be just fine. So it's a good signing. And you're weakening an opponent. You're weakening an opponent that when you face them, they won't have their best player. So it's a great signing. And also familiarity is very important with the style of play, the league, everything. Yeah, and I spoke to Tito from Viola Nation and he said that one of the best attributes that he has is not even something that he does on the pitch it's off of it and it's he has absolute professionalism and he is committed to being the very best he works extremely hard in uh, in training he takes advice well so I think that they're getting a consummate professional and and it yeah like you said it just it feels like he won't really flop hopefully we aren't jinxing him now but it just feels like a really good signing that absolutely makes sense for Juventus and that it's very good business done by them Yeah, 100%. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. 
The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And this kind of gets us moving maybe to the, the next topic. Um, Arsenal were really heavily linked to Flau, which um, I feel this is similar to Gosen's almost like dodging a bit of a bullet. And um, I know I'm a little bit flippant about this. I'm just not convinced by Arsenal. I'm not convinced by going to a Premier League site, not named Manchester City, makes sense for a top striker at the moment. And, um, you know, maybe Liverpool is an exception as well, but they're just built so differently, right? They don't even look for players like that. But... I just don't think it makes a lot of sense if you're a top striker and you're going to what is a mid-tier team. And um, if you're not City and then there's long time, there's nothing and then comes Liverpool and Chelsea and then there's a long time, nothing and then everyone else. Um, that's just n- not where the top players are going right now. And I just feel like that's a that's a big one for me. And this is where we get into the next rumor. Now, we've spoken about Jonathan David on top of the show that goal, the second one. And I'm going to say this right now. He's the best striker in this region. And he's a reason why Canada can easily compensate being without Alfonso Davies. Because even without Alfonso Davies, you still have to deal with that guy. And the second best striker is also in this team, in Laren. So it's like, that is what a huge difference maker is. Um, the pass that he got, of course, laser. Uh, amazing and the way he takes it down and then has the composure and on this field as well to score that way I think a lot of clubs around the world saw that goal Um, definitely saw that goal because it's all over Twitter Um, but Josh when I see Jonathan David I see a fast attacking counter striker similar Wayne maybe somewhat to Aubameyang but I don't know if Arsenal would be the right move I, I don't either, and it's a it's an interesting take because like like I said, and I tr- I tried to allude to this earlier in the uh, in the episode. I said that there's two positions that I I'm wary about, and I want it to be a good match, and that's wing backs playing in a wing back system, and it's also strikers who like to play in a two striker role, and and that's kind of what Jonathan David is, and that's why again we we've had a very soft link to him going to Inter. But I really think if he did go to injury or he made a move to a type of team, because there's not many top teams in the world that play with two striker systems. The other one I think of is actually, I mean, Juve, but they just picked up Vlaovic now. And then Atletico Madrid, and I don't really want to see him go there. It's not saying that he can't do it in the lone striker role, but he has to have those pieces around him. And going to the, the Premier League, playing for Arsenal, who fight for fifth, fourth, sixth place, something around there. I, I just don't know if 
that's where I personally want to see him, even though I do think he needs a move from Lille, and if Arsenal's the only one on the table, I'd be happy with seeing him move on from, from Lille at the end of the season to go to Arsenal, because I think he's deserved that. He's proven that he's a top goal scorer in a top league around the world. He's doing it at the international level, and the goal last night on that dreadful pitch was a, a perfect example. But yeah, if you're asking me to give a club right now that I would like to see him, it would be in a system like Inter, because I just think he would thrive alongside someone like Lataro Martinez, and he would he would really find success in that type of role. Since he's also American, can I talk about him? Am I allowed to? No. No. He's Haitian. Canadian Haitian. And American. So in regards to Jonathan David, it, it's a tricky one, right? He definitely you definitely want him to go to a team where he fits the system and he comes in scoring goals, uh, just like he's doing at Lille at this point. I think what we can all agree with is he needs to move to a team where he needs to fight more for his position, better players, and a better league too. Not that the French league is bad by any means, but there are tougher leagues out there, right? Although there is that link to PSG, which I think he would actually be a perfect Mbappe replacement. He would. I still agree agree with you though, Filippo. Would you want him in that chaotic team though? No, but... It'd be a club where he would win a lot, right? He would score a lot too, but yeah, it's yeah. a chaos. It could be that with maybe Mbappe leaving, he can be the big signing, um, yeah. would be the guy that scores goal. But I don't know. Like, I, I look, I love Neymar as a player, great player. I would not want any young player near Neymar. That's all I'm saying. Um, and yeah, Jonathan David is still fairly young, so what I would probably and he would probably look up to Neymar. Just saying. So. I, I personally think he should go to a different league. Um, there's teams that can most certainly use him and challenge himself more. And, he, and who knows? He might go somewhere and struggle for a few games. That is perfectly fine. Over the long term, I think he'll benefit from it. But I think he has outgrown Liu for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there is one one aspect that you have to consider and um, I'm going to bring you in there as well, Adrian, because I think that is something that you can't underestimate. Jonathan David is very strongly rooted in like that French-speaking environment, which is ultimately also one of the reasons he went to Lille. But I did interview him once, and um, he is more of a Francophone than an Anglophone. Yeah, he was born in New York. Ultimately, though, he's Haitian, right? And that's a French-speaking country. And I do wonder if that is a factor. Um, potentially. I mean, I guess it would all come down to him and his preference because I don't know that that would necessarily stop him from, you know, making a move like the Arsenal move, which I guess I do want to defend that move a little bit if it was to happen, let's say, because I do like what Arteta is starting to do at Arsenal. Are they the finished product? By no means are they the finished product, but they are very much in transition and they're getting rid of your, you know, your Ozil, he's gone. He's out. Aubameyang looks like he's on his way out. They are having this overturn where they have a lot of good young talent. Emile Smith-Rowe, Saka, etc., Lukonga. Um, they have a pretty decent back line or one that is, at least is getting a lot better. And uh, I think that he, I think that Jonathan David has enough clout at this point that Arteta w- could be coaxed into moving to more of a two-striker system or maybe having Emile Smith-Rowe play off of him or something like that. So I think with the way that they're sort of building at Arsenal, Look, is it a team that I would think of right away for Jonathan David to move to? No, I don't think so. But I think that he does have the clout that they could change for him. And it might not be that bad of a move, given what's sort of happening at Arsenal as far as who they're bringing in and what they're trying to achieve with these younger players. 
Yeah, and I guess the positive of Arsenal is maybe it's a stepping stone club. We have to remember he's only 21, right? And um, you can go to Arsenal and then you can go to an actual top club after that. And people are going to scream at me listening to this and say, Arsenal is a big club. And it's like, no, you're in like that category behind the top clubs. You know, there is like five, six teams at the very top of the, like they're the pinnacle of world football and Arsenal is not one of them. And um, if you argue against that, you obviously see an Arsenal fan, but you know, you're not a Bayern Munich, you're not a Real Madrid, you're like even a Barcelona um, who I have tons of issues with, but you're not that either. You're not a Juventus, you're not an Inter Milan, you know, you're not, a, you know, Manchester United. You're just not, right? You're not. You're like one of those teams below that. And I personally think Jonathan David could go to one of those very top teams. Um, that's just my opinion. What do you think, Philippo? No, I was just going to add one thing. I think um, Arsenal is closer to Tottenham than they are to all these teams you just listed. That's I was just going to add that to you. Yeah, I agree with that. They're not going to like that, but, you know... If you're allowed to have controversial opinions on Twitter, Filippo, I'm allowed to have controversial opinions on, on the show. Um, let's move on. And Filippo, going right back to you, Kevin Paredes to Wolfsburg, deal is done, announced. Um, I'm glad this one got done and announced and this is actually signed and everything because like, I was really worried about my sources here after everything <laughs> that happened with Ricardo Pepe. Um, he's holding, there's a, there's a photo of him holding up a shirt. Um, so... We're safe. This is one actually happened. What do you make of this one? I'm allowed to talk about it, and this is official. It's yeah, a here we go. It, it, it's it's a done deal. All right. Um, <laughs> so we talked about it a little bit, I believe, in the last episode, and uh, same opinion, right? Kevin Paredes is a very talented lefty winger slash left midfielder slash left wing back slash left back. We don't know um, until he develops, but. We'll see. Um, in, from an American standpoint, I love what I'm seeing because the United States is just sending so many players to the top leagues that many will flop, some will work out. But that's the best way to go about it, right? It, the worst part is when you send just five and you need all five to work out. We're sending them abroad. He's going to go challenge himself in a club that's having a crap season, but it is a top club, very rich and top club that plays in one of the best leagues in the world. So I like the move. I don't know how he will fit in Wolfsburg. I don't know how the minutes will look like. Probably not very high this season, or they will because they're in trouble. But I love the move as a U.S. men's national team fan. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I like it too for for the fact that they are also not putting a ton of pressure on him. I mean, the fee is huge. Um, it's a top 10 fee Wolfsburg paid for a winter transfer. So it's not like the Ricardo Pepe kind of fee, fee uh, Filippo, you know, where it's like, all of a sudden, the top fee. I mean, this is a club that has spent 40, 50 million euros in the past for players like Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Draxler and so on. You know, this is a club that when they pay 7 million, it's not a big fee for them, but it's a big fee for a winter transfer. And there's a huge difference between summer and winter transfers, of course. Um, but I like it because like they're, they're bringing him in. Wolfsburg obviously have a ton of interest of expanding in the North American market. I wrote this in the article I did for Forbes last week when the transfer was getting close. And this is a really big key signing for them um, in terms of trying to expand that, uh, not just for Wolfsburg, but for their owner, Volkswagen, as well. And you know this, of course, Filippo, Volkswagen do sponsor through their uh, subsidiary Audi sponsor the uh, DC United Audi field. 
they also sponsor MLS. Um, they sponsor Chattanooga directly. The team, I think, in USL one, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they sponsor that team directly. Um, they obviously also have a sponsorship contract with the Canadian Premier League. Um, so there's a lot of they're putting out a lot of feelers to try and to expand into the North American market. Uh, I don't like to use the term marketing signing because I don't think Kevin Paredes' profile is big enough for that, but I do think it played a role. Um, we spoke a little bit off the show about this, Filippo. Him and Ricardo Pepe, and this is because of the next transfer we're going to talk about, together could have made a lot of sense at Wolfsburg because Vichos seems to be on his way out. Um, how do you feel about the whole Pepe deal now, considering that Vichos could be gone soon? Yeah, again, um, maybe Wolfsburg would have been a better decision, right? Uh, Veghorst leaving, Pepe would probably get a lot of minutes at Wolfsburg, maybe even start, who knows, uh, depending on how he performs. Wolfsburg's a more stable club, right? Despite having a bad season, we know them fighting for relegation is not their standard, while Augsburg's a team that even if they don't get relegated this year, they can get relegated next year. Uh, and Wolfsburg has more qualities to it. I think they'll they'll bounce back from it. They're just dealing with a lot of issues and with a crap manager, which I don't know why they signed him. We already saw him at Werder um, last season a lot with Josh Sargent. Now, maybe Wolfsburg was a better, would have been a better transfer, especially now knowing this news than Augsburg. Only time will tell. And we don't know, right? Veghorst hasn't left yet. It might not happen. No, and this is where we come to next. Um, source told me, very reliable source, that Vichos, um is or was, because this is a few hours ago, in Burnley and took a look at the club. He is really wants to move to the Premier League. Um, but whether he actually is going to Burnley is another question. And um, whether he's actually going, whether he wants a Premier League move enough to go to relegated threatened Burnley is the big question here. And I'm going to bring you in here, Josh, because we've, we've known for a while that Vichos wanted out at uh, Wolfsburg, that he wanted to go to the Premier League. He's been linked to Tottenham, for example, for a long time. Do you think he's desperate enough to go to Burnley? I mean, it points kind of towards it, but it would also be a little bit of an odd move. It, it would be, but I mean, and again, we've touched on this, and I always like to use that example of Mitch Riglou leaving being the top goal scorer in for Olympiacos in the league, obviously going to win a league title, probably a cup double, being in the Champions League, knockout stages after doing well in the group stage, leaving that all behind. Couldn't even wait to the end of the season to go to relegation battled, who ended up getting relegated Fulham. So looking at Veghorst's position at Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg are having a disastrous season, a disastrous season. He doesn't want to be there. He wants out. So I think it's quite likely that he's willing to probably, I'd say, almost go to any club in the Premier League. So it, it wouldn't surprise me the fact that they lost Chris Wood. And I also do believe that Veghorst is a better striker than Chris Wood. So I think that's an upgrade there. Burnley's been in the Premier League. There is a, obviously a good chance that they, they could find a way to get some, a little bit of form and, and push, and especially if Veghorst gets firing. So yeah, to me, I, I bet you, if I had to put money on it, I'd say, yeah, he, he would take the the opportunity to leave Wolfsburg up to Hind and go take on Burnley, even though they are sitting in a relegation battle. Yeah, and they have the Wood money, right? Um, I don't know. I but Josh Wolfsburg would have to bring in someone. They would, and it's funny because they were linked to to Ricardo Pepe. But uh, I, I I feel like like Veghorst isn't a good player to have in the locker room. He wants out. Yeah, he's not performing. This isn't the same Wolfsburg side. 
I I feel like there's probably somewhat somewhere somehow they could bring in a player that could could do a job, and I, I still think they have Luca Bacchio who who can play at, in a striker position, uh, especially I mean if they switch up their system a little bit, uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's a couple there's a couple other other options out there that that they can bring in, but Veghorst I think it's just better for the player, it's better for Wolfsburg to get him out, and mm-hmm. he'd be a huge boost to Burnley. He really would if you could find the the Veghorst form that we know he can. He's a similar stature to Chris Wood. I just think he's a overall just a better player. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm like you, reservations about his character um, caused a lot of upheaval when he refused to get vaccinated. And remember, the, the vaccination rate in the Bundesliga is quite high and in the Premier League, it's very low. Um, so maybe it's a good fit for him that way, too. Um, we'll see. I guess we'll see. I mean, there's so much that can still happen until Monday when the transfer window closes in Europe and... Um, you know, um, we'll see what other deals come through. But those are the big ones that we wanted to discuss on this show. Um, happy about the Canada result. I think Filippo needs to be worried about the US. Panama lost to Costa Rica, so great for Canada. Um, and then we're going to have a ton more of that kind of content next week because the international break is obviously still ongoing. Before we leave, I know Adrian is already out of here. He'll send me a message and he's like, don't care about the show, I'm gone. Um, but Josh and Filippo, anything you guys want to add before we call it a day? That's all for me. Um, looking forward to the game on Sunday. And, and Josh, have a nice trip, by the way. You're going on a cruise. I am going on a cruise. Uh, if if I'm going to get tested in a couple hours, see if I test uh, positive or negative. And if I'm negative, I will be uh, I will be on a big ship, enjoying myself in a, in a, in a nice little, hopefully a very warm weather compared to where we are in Canada. But yeah, so I won't be on ne- the next episode next week, and I will be watching the the Canada US match from uh, from a cruise. So uh, yeah, it was a fun episode once again. I like this transfer episode that we've been doing towards the end of the transfer window manual. So mm. hopefully you guys enjoy yourself, and uh, hopefully Filippo will see a, a disappointing result in Hamilton. Yeah. Um, if you don't get the Rona before your trip, you'll get it on the trip. That's for sure, Josh. Um, I mean- <laughs> <laughs> at least quarantine is now only five days so it wouldn't be the end of the world but um yeah have fun on your trip um in all honesty i think it's going to be nice to get into some warm weather and um yes the transfer window does close in europe but we're still going to do a transfer show because we obviously have mls transfers still going on through all of february and um i think there's going to be some interesting ones still coming alan velasco for example I'm going to mention that one to Dallas. Dallas just acquired an international roster spot from the Sounders. Make of that what you want. will. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Anyways, guys, until next week. Um, cheers and bye-bye. Perfect.